0: You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family.
1: This is episode 174 of the Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at
2: biostarus.com. On today's show, we sit down with Sue Weekly, head of PR and media relations for the Challenge of the Americas. The critter of the show is the Sandhill Crane. In Critter Nutrition, we focus on adaptogens for horses And in Coffee Clutch, we ask, does your dog or cat watch TV? Join us.
3: I'm Tigger. I'm Patty, and this is Coach Jen. Thanks for joining us. This is Healthy Critters Radio, where currently once a month we get together and geek out on all things healthy and critter. That can be the global view of healthy. That can be the psychological view of healthy. It can be the physical view of healthy. But all things healthy and critter. I love that today's critter is the sandhill crane because I live in Florida, and they're the niftiest looking beasts. So I'm they
2: are. They those. are so cool. Yeah, they are cool.
3: Yep. And And speaking of cool-looking things, I was surfing around the Challenge of the Americas website earlier, and they have a picture on there of one of, I'm I'm guessing it was one of last year's teams. No,
2: it was way before before that, many years before before that.
3: And they're all decked out in these amazing Pepto-Bismol pink brushing boots. And that got me to thinking, there are lots and lots of equestrians all over the country, for that matter all over the world who do different types of do- demonstrations and things to benefit various charities around the world. And oftentimes costumes of all sorts are required for this. So I thought I quiz you guys because you guys work with the challenge of the Americas and lots of other things. Your most fun, interesting or secret sources for costume things mm-hmm. for these sorts of demonstrations. <laughs>
2: Well, for the riders, it's Amazon. oh yeah yeah they <clears throat> they have just the best costume selection. Mm-hmm. And even if you can't find what you're looking for, it will it can lead you in a Google search to other websites that may have more of exactly the character or the theme that you're looking for. But I generally start with Amazon. There you
3: go. Now, for mm. things that you might be putting on the horse, do you find that um, you have to improvise or DIY a lot of times, or are you, are you able to find things through tr- more traditional means? Do you think?
2: Uh, Tacaria in Wellington is a really good place to get, mm-hmm. um, you know, some of the basics.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, a lot of times, you know the when you do global at night, where which is where Coda is done, the horses are are not used to that atmosphere. And so we need bonnets and and earplugs for some of them that are really sound sensitive. So we'll get the bonnets from Pacaria. Um, I I personally don't like pink is the color for the challenge of the Americas because it's a benefit for breast cancer research, play for pink. Um, I'm not big on pink wraps. Um, you will never find my team in a pink in pink brush boots. But Hackoria <laughs> is a good place to find that. Also, uh, Dover Saddlery and um oh that place up in New Hampshire. Ugh.
1: Oh, Snyder?
2: No, no, no. Oh, well, sorry. <laughs> um <laughs> old age setting in uh, they used to be a really big group, Pelham saddlery,
3: then,
2: what is it Pelham saddlery? No, 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 no no, no, it's oh, it'll come to me later in the show, <laughs> yeah,
1: and she'll randomly just blurt it out. She'll just blurt yeah, it out, that's pretty fine. much.
3: it's why we love you um. <laughs> <laughs>
2: When it comes to glitter, uh, there are lots of places if you want to glitterize your horse. Mm -hmm. Um, I have several riders that are really good at this, like what you spray on the coat in order to apply the glitter, Mm -hmm. uh, what you do for the hooves. Um, And all you need to do is just do a Google search for glitter for horses, and there's a ton. Oh, that's funny.
3: I think every horse should have the opportunity to wear glitter at least once in its life.
2: Yeah, I don't agree with that. I'm not big on glitter. Um, Especially when the riders complain afterwards that the glitter is stuck to their saddles. And it's there for an incredibly long time, no matter how much they clean it. It's the high
3: um, price you pay. uh,
2: Yes. Uh, But, but there are, there are times when glitter can enhance it, but, it to me, the glitter has to it wouldn't have made sense last year when we did Hamilton to have the horse's glitter, you know that 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 just didn't work with the theme
3: it's okay. and and you know, every horse should have the opportunity to wear glitter even if it's just for their birthday. every horse should have that opportunity, yes. Equal that's opportunity funny. for all ponies to be sparkly for one day well, in their
2: life. I think all ponies should be sparkly. <laughs> Not so sure about the horses.
3: But I don't know. Just... N- Nigel is 16 and a half hands, and he wants just as much to have glitter as little itty bitty scooter does. Really? Oh, yes. He wants very much to have some
2: glitter. He would look good with glitter in his tail.
3: I think he would. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think what I want to do, I want to get a... A paintball gun, and I want Uh-oh. paintballs that have glitter inside so I can just shoot them and splat them on him. I think he would be awesome in that way. Just completely, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just tie dye glitter. I think he'd be awesome in tie dye oh glitter. Oh my
1: God.
2: <laughs> well, we have uh, Sue Weekly from the Challenge of the Americas uh, on tonight, which is really great because she she's going to give us the the other ends of this incredible uh charitable event that happens every year in wellington it's probably the biggest event on the dressage side uh of the whole season so let's get sue on and talk to her oh hey so we're here tonight with sue weekly who is the head of pr and media relations for the Challenge of the Americas um, that we know in the acronym C-O-T-A or COTA. Welcome, Sue.
4: Thank you. I'm so happy to be here.
2: So the Challenge of the Americas, for those who don't know, is a very big fundraising effort, uh, a coordination of the dressage community and um, to some degree the, the jumper community to raise money for breast cancer re- research. And it has been one of the greatest, uh, endeavors since I got involved. I- I'd watched it for years as a spectator, but to be actually involved as a choreographer, um, it's just been one of the best experiences ever. Sue, how did you get involved with CODA?
4: Well, when I was working for a PR agency here in Wellington, um Coda was one of their clients. So I was assigned to this client because I was the dressage person on the on the staff. So I became involved, and I loved it. And I also have a a Connection to breast cancer. My sister-in-law died from breast cancer and my paternal aunt died from breast cancer. So it's really important to me. Mm -hmm. But also, I think it is the coolest event in Wellington (laughs) during the winter season.
2: What what are your responsibilities in PR and media relations? That's a pretty big job.
4: Well, it's pretty much whatever the organizer, Mary, makes me do. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but other than that, um, I do everything from help her write ad copy to um, I ended up somehow being in charge of the horses and riders during the night of the event. So I'm, I'm back there with them and I'm kind of everywhere.
2: Yes, you are. Yes, you are. So you get to go around to all the different practices.
4: I do. And it's, I love doing it. First of all, I have made so many good friends with the coaches and the choreographers and the writers you know I see them all the time so I mean they're really really good friends but I also get to watch the quadrilles evolve mm-hmm. and they do evolve
2: yes they do mm-hmm. or devolve
4: Devol- Well, <laughs> on, they, on the they <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> because I, I'm going to point out if, if, if you don't already That riding a Grand Prix quadrille is way more difficult than riding a Grand Prix freestyle.
4: Oh, yes. (laughs) There is no doubt. And one of the things that I love seeing is every year the choreographers get these grand ideas. Of of what the writers can do, and then when it comes down to doing the pattern, they all go, "We can't turn that <laughs> in that kind of a circle." Or it's 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 always so funny to see the choreographers go, "Oops!" <laughs> but ev- everyone, including Tigger, does that. So if yes, <laughs> yes,
2: it's, what looks good in your head doesn't necessarily translate into the ring. <laughs> no, not, not. and and we should point out sue that uh what the the patterns are and the music and uh costumes is a is a secret
4: oh it's a huge secret and people I, I always have people wanting me to tell and i don't tell that's that's against the rules i don't they're always going what's their you know what is their what kind of music i don't know I just say, I don't know. I, I don't know what they're doing. They're a mess. That's what <laughs> I would say. I don't know. I mean, I see them doing pirouettes and stuff, but I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> and and one, another one of my favorite things to do is see how each team has what I call their money move. And they do something that is so difficult or looks so spectacular that I go, ooh, the judges are going to like that one. Maybe. <laughs> the, so so we have judges this year. We have a five star and two four star judges. So um and all of them are pretty tough judges in yes. the in, yes. in the ring. When you yes. go to a show and you show in front of these people, they're tough. Yeah. So um, so it's they they ju- they're judged on accuracy and well you can talk more about what they're judged upon Tigger than I technical
2: can. Uh, synchrony music choreography and the technical they all the, they're all weighed the same but a five star four star judges where their comfort zone is is technical so you just have to technically nail it
4: the other thing that is so difficult is it takes <clears throat> a very special horse mm, to be yeah. able to do this and um it's really amazing your team has a lot of horses who really seem to enjoy it to yeah great.
2: yes um, too.
4: <laughs> they do and they have to not be uncomfortable with being very close and They have to not they have to be comfortable with uh, doing, you know, really being close, like nose to tail, like swapping stirrups close. I mean, it's that. Yeah. And uh, some horses don't like it and some of them absolutely love it.
2: We have one horse in our quadrille that when we're done rehearsing and other horses start leaving he has a panic attack, you know? Oh my God, my tribe. And he just wants to get out of there fast and be with them. And I, I get the biggest kick out of him. Um, because you can really see he he's very attached to them in a healthy way, not in a, um, you know, codependent way.
4: (laughs) And the riders love it. Um, your riders have been doing. Most of them have been doing it for years, and but some of them, some it. of them, some of them have. Yes, some, not all, some. But uh, but they love it. They they it's a it's a challenge. And yeah it they is. Do, yeah, it's something different than even riding a Grand Prix test. Oh, so. there's
2: there's no comparison.
4: And and I think the night is so
2: special because the whole community comes together and now it's available to watch online. So for our listeners, um, keep look, keep looking at uh challenge of the America's Facebook page, because there will be a link posted for March 10th starts at 6 PM. And you'll be able to watch the whole evening, the five competition quadrilles and all the exhibitions and Patty happens to be in one of the exhibition quadrilles. I am. For the first time.
1: (laughs) Yep. And it's great fun. Great fun.
2: Uh, Their rehearsals I want to record as reality TV. It's the (laughs) funniest. It's bumper cars. It's either therapy. And the Kardashians all rolled into one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's either therapy or it makes you go to therapy.
2: So you'll have to stop by on Thursday and watch, watch I, the exhibition quadrille.
4: I needed to come take photos anyway. So yes, yes, I have to come watch.
2: Um, I, I, I'm going to mention that last year we raised the most amount of money in that evening that we ever have, which was over $300,000 for breast cancer research which is a phenomenal number that we want to increase this year. And the cool part about the online uh, live stream is that you can contribute when it's going live. So if you're watching it and you see a team you really like, you can click the donate button and vote for that team uh, with dollars that will go to furthering breast cancer research. That's
0: awesome.
2: And, it's awesome. And,
4: and Tigger's team won last year. <laughs>
2: yes, we did.
4: You did. And uh, Tigger, you have to tell one of the story. Their theme was Hamilton. And you have to tell the story about what happened when you posted a bit of it onto Facebook.
2: Oh, my God. So I I don't know where the Hamilton Facebook group, which was the Hamilton Broadway production. I didn't even know there was such a thing. They somehow got a clip. Of uh, of the quadrille, and they posted it on their Facebook page, and it got 99,000 views. Wow. <laughs> wow.
3: You need to monetize that, rascal. I know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, they didn't mention CODA. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. They, I, I don't think they made, I don't know that they made the connection. This was a fundraiser, but um, that was incredible exposure to Grand Prix Quadrille for the, for, you know, 99,000 people probably never seen it before. Right. Yeah. But it's just an incredible evening. And Sue, I lean on Sue on the, on the night of, because I'm generally, I, I try to, look like I'm really calm, but inside, you know, I'm paddling like a duck. And when I see Sue and her stick horse, I always feel this tremendous amount of relief that no matter what happens, I can lean on Sue or Sue can hold me up uh, before I pass out. Um, And so you're, you're a great comfort, not only to me, but to all the teams. Sue, we, we love having you there and you're a very steady, reassuring presence and you're very funny so that helps too
4: <laughs> it's um it's crazy back there where the horses are it's oh my nuts God. it's nuts
2: <laughs> it's nuts that's one thing that should be filmed the getting ready oh. because you've got five teams of six grand prix horses that's 30 horses all getting decked out in various outfits
4: plus the jumpers then the jumpers
2: Yep. But and they bring a, like a cadre of grooms. <laughs> so, I mean, and so but the dressage people are generally doing it themselves.
4: And, and it's
2: it's a riot back there.
4: They're painting horses, painting yeah. people. <laughs> it's yeah, it's
2: mm-hmm. uh, it's it's nuts. It's nuts in a great way.
4: Oh, it's fun, and everyone's excited and nice, and they're all happy to be there. And boy, do they want to win! Woo! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. It's, it, yeah. Talk about competitive! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then it's you know it's 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 a little bit of luck. If, it is a little bit of luck. It, it is. <laughs> I mean, you can have a great rehearsal, and then you go in the night of, and they just don't click.
4: And usually Grand Prix dressage is very quiet. It's, <laughs> it's very solemn. People don't move. They don't say anything. Oh, not. Oh, the they table.
2: go wild. They're Clapping,
4: <laughs> cheering. Yeah, right in the middle of a ride. I mean, people are singing. <laughs> <They're, Yeah. laughs> it's crazy.
2: It's crazy. It's crazy. And,
4: you know, the horses who are used to things being quiet are out there with people going nuts <laughs> it's, and people aren't being quiet. You know, during a dressage test, people are very quiet. No, they're not trying to be quiet.
2: No, <laughs> no, this is a time when dressage writers can really let loose, whether they're sitting in the stands or up in the VIP tent. It, it's a time for partying and celebration and um, and seeing dressage in a not in a new way but in a different way seeing movements applied in a different way
4: yeah it's really a blast and it's a family fun family friendly event too it's you know it's good to bring the kids there's lots of people Yes, definitely kids. not rated X. <laughs> no, it's not and that's nice, you know, people the people in the community come out and bring their families and it's a blast.
2: It is a blast. And and the work that you put into this cuz your work starts even before we start rehearsals in January. I mean, you and Mary are working on this starting in the summer. Yeah. When I say that this is a labor of love, it's it's an incredible effort for one night to really combat this terrible disease and we had a rider last year who was had just finished treatment who rode and her story was so powerful as to the what the effect of breast cancer research how it had benefited her in gene targeting and and treatment targeting and we didn't have that a decade ago
4: no she was talking about her mother actually on our on our website, there's a video of her talking about her treatment and how because of breast cancer research, it was targeted her treatment was so personalized and so targeted and that's amazing
2: that's amazing so mark you your everybody where,
3: where they could find tickets and and how to how to
4: watch it how to view it how to contribute oh uh, Okay, so first of all, you can buy, okay, go to challengeoftheamericas.com where you can buy VIP gala tickets and um, general admission tickets tickets are available at the door the night of um, starting at 5.30, but um, things don't really get going until about 6. But the general admissions tickets to sit in the grandstands are um, twenty dollars a person and um, there's food and drink available for purchase if you'd like it's so much fun oh and then the um, we will post the url on how you can live stream it. It will be posted on our website as well as our social media pages, and you can do that for free. It's not as much fun as being there, believe me. And you'll <laughs> miss seeing my stick horse. Yes, the, your classic stick horse. <laughs> my stick horse. Actually, that horse belongs to Shannon Duick, who is a breast cancer survivor, and every year she comes to the area, the riding area and said, I brought your pony for you. She, <laughs> she brings my pony every year.
2: So, <laughs> well, that pony was the inspiration for Patty and my stick horse quadrille, which will be debuting uh, at CODA. Like what?
4: Uh-huh. Patty, I didn't know you were part of that quadrille. Man, I've got to come video. I mean, take it pictures and video of that. <laughs>
2: Oh, that quadrille it, it, group is hysterical.
1: Well, you know, it's it's pretty, it's pretty fun. It's pretty funny. I'll tell you, it, it, you, it, I look forward to doing it, you know, at the end of a, of a long day, the last thing that you think of wanting to do is put a, a horse in the trailer and be somewhere at four thirty. but I have to tell you, it has just been, well, we've got a great group of people. So, yeah. um, and you know, um, it's just, uh, good camaraderie and and doing it for the first time uh it's really it's been a lot of, it's been a lot of fun
2: and that fun will carry over in performance you know that's the thing that <laughs> that's when, what we're when the quadrille is having fun the audience has fun
4: and it's very obvious the quadrille is having fun they're doing stuff like one-handed pirouettes and all they're just showing off like <laughs> yes It's a blast.
2: It is a blast. I can't, I can't wait. It's, it's the best night in Wellington.
4: It truly is. It's so much fun.
3: All right. It's time for Hedwig, the world's only podcasting Pomeranian.
2: We have a question for you. Yes. Um, We just interviewed Sue Weekly from the Challenge of the Americas, and it crossed our minds. What do you think about having a Pomeranian quadrille?
5: Would there be snacks? (laughs) Told ya.
2: (laughs) I would think yes.
5: Would we be required to follow directions? Uh, yes. That would be a no then, but thank okay. you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I
2: think it would be what, very cute, you and your sisters.
5: Well, we what would be adorable.
2: What if there was cheese? Would you do it for cheese?
5: Yes, but why exactly are you thinking? Because we don't do tricks. Well, I'm thinking well, that you
2: just trot four in hand kind of thing.
5: On our kids? Right, on your leashes. You know that my one sister does not do leashes, right? But would she do the do a leash for cheese? Mustard seed? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> she would be carried. Oh, I see. <laughs> or well, she would be a free-ranging mustard seed, which could go poorly.
2: <laughs> so maybe we could just do a pear?
5: My sister and I are the best-looking ones.
2: Okay, and you can both go on leashes?
5: Um, Theoretically, yes.
2: So you could just do a little pattern?
5: Not without the the servant.
2: Well, of course. Of course, the servant would be there, and so would the cheese.
5: I mean, for... One quarter to one half pound of cheese, perhaps a 30 second routine. You may speak with my agent to discuss details. I tire of this. Okay.
2: Wimbling. Noted. Why,
5: why do I keep these people on retainer if not to do my contract?
2: Well, yes, you're absolutely right, Hetty. Uh, I mean, being the only talking Pomeranian on podcast radio. Um, it gives you quite a
5: lot of panache. It does. I'm extremely well known.
3: <laughs> yes,
2: yes, you are. <laughs> you,
3: and and continue to gain in popularity, Hedwig. We will take under serious consideration the poundage of cheese versus the moments of display that we get from a Pomeranian quadrille. And we will get back to you.
5: Yeah. It sounds excellent. You may speak with my agent at any time.
2: We Thank will. you so much.
5: Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, Bye -bye. Bye. Bye, Hattie. Ah!
0: Ah! Ah! Real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better, and recover more quickly on real food. That's why BioStar empowers horse and canine owners with 100% whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs. Visit BiostarUS.com today and learn about whole foods and canine and equine nutrition so you can make the best decisions about the care and health of your horses and dogs. That's BiostarUS.com. Whole food nutrition, the way nature intended.
1: So, I had chosen for Critter of the Show to do Sandhill Crane because Last weekend, we had a mating pair of sandhill cranes show up in our front yard and by our house. And the way the barn's set up is the house kind of is off to the side of this huge indoor arena. And they, well, first off, they're huge. And they were there the entire day. And they were so beautiful. And it was just the neatest experience. And what was so neat was they uh, they would walk onto my porch and walk off the porch and they were there wait 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 wait, wait 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 wait, they were walking on your porch yes wow it, i sent
3: oh
5: that's sent so cool to-
1: yeah it was really quite a neat experience so i decided to do a little investigation so it's kind of cool so this is this is what i know um the sandhill crane is one of the largest species that lives in north america um they are they are known to hang out at edges of bodies of waters which makes sense of why they were here because we have a big pond um they're especially in central florida um, um uh, ad, adults um have this a beautiful plumage that tends to get worn when they're um between migratory popula- migratory patterns when they're starting to migrate and also breeding but the the males can weigh up to 10 pounds. And the females can weigh up to eight. They um, they have a beautiful red forehead with white cheeks and a long, uh, dark pointed bill. Both sexes look very similar. Obviously, the male's a little bit bigger. And the average height of these birds is anywhere from um, almost right under two, uh, three feet up to a whopping four foot. Um, I think the ones that were on in our yard were Probably pretty close to four feet. Um, they uh, give out a very loud trumpeting sound, which is just beautiful. They can be heard a long distance, um, especially in mating pairs of cranes. They engage in like a unison. This is kind of what we saw on the front lawn, which was so cool. They kind of like engage in this unison walking pattern. Um, and they also call each other uh, uh, and they stand very close and they do a synchronized complex duet. Um, where the male, the male and the female will talk back and forth. It was just like, literally, it was just, it was really quite incredible. Um, the, they have a wind span, Oh, excuse me, a wing wing span, um, typically right around, uh, like five and a half feet, but sometimes up to seven feet, wow. um, making their very skilled, like soaring bird, um, kind of similar to, uh, hawks and eagles. Um, and they use like thermals to obtain lifts so they can stay in flight for hours, um, only occasionally flapping their wings, um, obviously expending less energy. Um, they, when they do migrate, um, they can contain like hundreds of birds, which I, I would, oh, God, I'd love to see that. Um, the neat thing is, is I'm telling you all this, I never saw them fly in and I never saw them leave. So
0: wow. like,
1: you know, when we about the eagles last Stealth. year. Um, yeah. Very stealthy. Like I, we never saw them leave. Like we just, at one point we're like, Oh man, they're gone. That's so disappointing. Um, so super cool fact. Uh, sandhill cranes are one of the longest fossil have one of the longest fossil histories of any, um, existing bird. Um, they have actually found fossils in Nebraska, um, uh, of the sandhill cranes a cr- crane or like a very close ancestor, which I thought was kind of cool. So basically saying that um, you, they've been around, they're like one of the, the longest uh, cranes to be on earth, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, they're very that, special. They were a dinosaur. It, well, and if you look at them, it's, it, it makes sense.
2: They're, the way they walk. Yeah. Yeah. T-Rex. Um,
1: I wish I could have seen them fly because I think that would have been amazing. But anyway, they, they, they are very social. They uh, generally live in pairs uh, or family groups. Um, they, when they they often congregate as groups um, in migratory sites, like whether um, you know it's here, or they they tend to go more south. But they can be up to like the thousands. Which can you imagine seeing thousands of them I together? That can would be even?
2: spectacular.
1: Oh, it would be. It'd be one of those amazing bucket list things. Um, they're mainly herbivores. They eat various types of food depending on the availability. Um, so you know, here I'm sure they were looking for you know different types of seeds and uh, you know bugs on the ground that were here. Um, <clears throat> but they it's it's interesting. so they apparently seek out corn or uh, cotton seed um, because it's when they are doing, when they are migrating, that gives them a lot of nutrients for the journey. So I thought that was kind of an interesting fact. Um, As far as rearing their young, they generally have about one uh, brood per year. Both of the parents build the nest, which is kind of cute. And they used, obviously, different plant material and stuff from the area. And it's usually generally near marshy areas. And where this barn is, we're right um, near the preserve. So it makes a lot of sense that we would have seen them um both the parents incubate the eggs for about um thirty days um the chicks are completely covered in um down in fluff and when they hatch and their uh and their eyes are open and this is bizarre they're able to leave the nest within one day i like wow. i kept looking at that it does not make any sense to me um but they both, both parents will brood the chicks up for about three weeks um, after hatching them. Um, they feed them intensely for the first few weeks. And then they, as they gradually get more independent, um, around nine to 10 months, they're basically on their own, which is kind of, it's just amazing. Um, but they, and they, it's interesting. The bird, I think the cranes that we see here in South Florida, and I wasn't able to find this out for a fact, but I don't think they obviously migrate any more South. Maybe some of them do, but when they do migrate, they tend to only have like one brood per year. But if they stay in one area, they tend to have two. So um, I don't know. It was just sort of a really cool experience. It was actually during a Stefan Peters clinic. (laughs) So we were having great riding and got to see all this wonderful wildlife, but they just walked around in unison. I should have gotten a video of it. It was yes, just amazing. You have. Um, have either of you ever seen them in person? Yes. being in, You have. Okay. Yes. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty remarkable. So it was a wonderful experience and I was so glad to, to, to learn about it. And their, their little, their heads, the front of their heads, are this bright red, um, you know, the feathers it, it it was really it was really quite fascinating you could I don't know Tigger if you could see from that picture I sent you how tall they were
2: oh yeah oh yeah they're big birds it's really cool
1: Jennifer have you ever seen them in Florida
3: I have we get to see them oddly enough we see them along the interstates or along the uh the oh, really? turnpikes because they're like if we were going up towards Paints Prairie or going south and we get cl- to some really, really, really big marsh areas, we do get to see them. And mm-hmm. I agree, they have that dinosaur-ish feel to them. You can tell mm-hmm. that that's a really ancient species. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Well, I, that's why I thought it was so cool. But, like, they they they, they found the, one of the oldest fossils in Nebraska. <laughs>
2: I, mean, I was like, okay. Yeah, but that's a big dino country.
1: Wow. Yeah, okay. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay, oh, yeah, good.
2: Montana, well, Nebraska lots of dinos up there. Yeah.
1: So anyway, if you get the opportunity to see them, if you're in Florida, it is absolutely worth, worth looking them out.
2: And now we're at Critter Nutrition. And the topic today is adaptogens are wonderful for horses. Adaptogens are specific plants and fungi that help the body manage stress. Adaptogens can support the regulation of the glandular, endocrine, and circulatory systems. These plants and fungi play an important role in maintaining physical and mental homeostasis. Adaptogens can improve stamina and reduce fatigue. Adaptogens can improve focus and concentration. While several plants and mushrooms classified as adaptogens have been used in Ayurvedic and Chinese medicine for thousands of years, it was a Soviet scientist, Dr. Nikolai Lazarev, who coined the term adaptogen in the 1940s as he was studying the effects of stress. The term is rooted in the Latin "adaptare," meaning to fit or adjust. What classifies as an adaptogen? The plant or fungi is non-toxic. It influences many organs or body systems. It helps modulate system function and maintain homeostasis. Some examples of adaptogens are holy basil, ashwagandha, amalaki, the mushrooms reishi, shaga, cordyceps, and lion mane, the Siberian ginseng, Panax ginseng, In the West, it's schizandra and rhodiola, and in South America, it's maca. I first became acquainted with adaptogens in the 1980s when I tried a ginseng extract liquid imported from China. It was one of the most revolting substances I had ever tasted, but once down the gullet, I felt an amazing shift in energy and focus. When I began learning about Ayurveda a decade later, A small company in India had just released their patented ashwagandha extract powder. Like other adaptogens, it was bitter, but I felt the effects quickly, a calming, centering feeling, not sleepy or too relaxed. I remember thinking, this stuff is amazing. Biostar is the first equine supplement to introduce a patented ashwagandha extract to the equine community in 2008 in a product called Equilibrium, a product we still sell today. BioStar uses adaptogens in many of our formulas because of their supportive balancing qualities on multiple body systems. Certain adaptogens can reduce cortisol. Some adaptogens provide stamina, reduce fatigue. Other adaptogens can improve mental focus and provide neuroprotection. All adaptogens exert support for the glandular circulatory and endocrine systems, making these specific plants and fungi truly whole body balancers. When your horse can benefit from adaptogens, horses recovering from layup or injury, horses that compete, horses in hard work, horses dealing with insulin resistance and Cushing's, horses with a history of ulcers, horses needing mental focus, mares with hormonal issues, horses that need energy and stamina and recovery support, horses that get tense and tight when competing, One of the important aspects of the plants and fungi adaptogens is that they do no harm. They can be given alongside other medicines. They can be used in combination with other adaptogens. They are non-toxic to the body system. Sources of adaptogens. Adaptogen plants and fungi are available as whole plant powdered roots, leaves, and berries. Fungi are available as whole powdered mushrooms. Both plants and fungi are also available as extracts whole plant powders or extracts, which to choose? Whole plant powders are not standardized, making it difficult to assess quality and potency without a lab assay. This makes it challenging for consumers who are relying on product labels to give some sense of quality. Using a whole plant powder requires a larger amount than an extract. Extracts are standardized based on the phytochemical compounds of each plant or mushroom. Extracts can be in liquids or powders, commonly alcohol or glycerin or apple cider vinegar and water are used for extractions. Some companies use solvents such as hexane or chloroform, ether or acetone. These specific solvents are not approved for organic extracts. A relative newcomer to extracts is CO2 extraction. Used heavily in the hemp and medical cannabis industries, CO2 extraction provides protection for the heat-sensitive components in plants and a longer shelf life. But CO2 extracts are costly. Supplement labels do not require labeling of the solvents used in extraction. Dried powdered extracts are by far the most potent plant and fungi preparation, stronger even than liquid extracts. Tips on using adaptogens. Adaptogens are wonderful support for horses working with the body, not against it. Extracts, powder, or liquid are more powerful than the whole powdered plants or fungi. Dosage matters with adaptogens. Whole plant powders require a higher dosage than extracts. Ashwagandha is not show safe with USEF. It is still show safe FEI. A good alternative to ashwagandha is holy basil. Sources of adaptogens matter. Never hesitate to ask a supplement company for more information on sourcing and extraction methods of adaptogens used in a formula. Adaptogens are safe and reliable, given in the right dosage, provide tremendous benefits to horses. And adaptogens work equally well for humans. And now we're at coffee Clatch. And the topic is: Does your dog or cat watch TV? Patty. Uh, well, um,
1: no, I don't know. I'm going to say no. Um, but I had a dog years ago. This is the funniest story. A friend of mine, uh, Kelly Farmer, was watching the uh, the um, what's the big dog show in New York?
2: Westminster. Um, the
1: big yes, right. And it was so funny because it was the greatest was mountain dog. And she took a picture of her looking at the screen, um, <laughs> watching the dog. He apparently stood there, like was, was watching for like probably 30 minutes, but um, I don't know. I have definitely had dogs react if they hear a dog barking or, you know, what had them react that way and look at it. But I I've never really had any of them watch TV. Have you,
2: uh, I have two and it's the weirdest thing one of them is wookiee and she pays no attention to the tv unless it's star wars and for some bizarre i don't know <laughs> if it's the music or what she pops her head up puts her head on the on the chi- uh, you know side of the couch the arm of the couch and watches that's cute and keen really likes nature shows you, know, you think like it's PBS Nature? The he but just it, like, thinks that's the cool. But does he hear in the animals? And, and that's what gets him interested. I'm into thinking him? that, but but he will sit down in front of the TV and then cock its head. You know, as he's watching. Oh, that's cute. it's it's so cute. That's that's cute. That's now cute. he can't stay focused on it very long, but um,
3: he <laughs> need some of those but, adaptogens. Yes, yes. <laughs>
2: But I, yeah, I, 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 the other dogs could care less. But these two, t- these are two that they definitely do watch TV. Not every program, oh. of course, but the things that they like, they watch. And it has, it
1: must have to do with the pitches, like the pitch.
2: I'm guessing it's or or it's yeah. the visual.
1: huh well, I just I wonder how they they see it. That's that's so funny. This this. this this topic makes me think of, um, uh, Tigger, you've been to our barn here. Um, we have an outdoor arena and I, there's six paddocks right by the outdoor arena and my horse, Hal, who never misses anything. If you are in the outdoor arena, he walks over to the edge of (laughs) it. It's like watching TV for him. And he literally, you can, I'll take a video of it and show it to you. He will watch people go by and he'll turn his head. And as they come back, he turns his head and he stands there Easily for 15, 20 minutes watching people go by, just like it's TV.
2: <laughs> Jennifer, did you have an animal that watched TV? Not
3: that I seem to remember at one point we, we had German shepherds growing up. My mom raised and showed German shepherds. And I seem to remember one of them. I don't know if you would call it. She watched the TV because she would get really upset if people on the TV were dancing. That wasn't allowed. There was there would be barking and growling going on. Comedy was fine. The funnies were fine. We could we could watch all the Daffy Duck we wanted to on the TV, but if the characters on the TV on actual human characters were dancing, she lost her marbles.
0: Wow. Isn't that funny?
3: Yeah. She lost her marbles if humans were in real life dancing too. Oh, no dancing. Inter- oh. oh, interesting. Yeah, she was an odd dog. A she was an odd dog. Needless <laughs> to say. Yeah, there we go. But and and what a dog that we used to take care of occasionally that belonged to our neighbor, a cute little pug dog, absolutely positively watched TV, uh, and she had shows that she liked. That if you put on it was a particular nature show if you put that on she would be mesmerized but if you put it on a different nature show to talk to the hand
2: yeah wow
3: definitely watched tv and i don't why is it that some take to it and some don't don't know know. no guesses we would love to hear if you if you have an opinion about why some of our pets take to watching TV and some don't. Nigel would like to try a drive-in movie sometime, please. Oh,
2: he would be perfect.
3: Can you see him? He'd be kicking back in
2: in the Cadillac and the big bowl of
3: popcorn with extra butter. Absolutely. Yeah. Why why some animals take to watching TV and some don't? We would love to hear from you. And we would love to hear from you by going over there to Facebook and signing up to like, love, and follow Healthy Critters Radio on (laughs) Facebook. And we'd love to hear about it. And even better, post a picture or video of your favorite loved furry friend or feathered friend or fish for that matter, scaled friend watching TV. We'd love to see it. Yes, we would. <laughs> Until next month. Cause this is, this is Wellington season. So we're only out once a month right now, but we'll be back twice a month. Very shortly in, as April. Soon as, in April when Wellington's all sealed up and, and uh, Tigger is able to get sleep again. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see you again next month. Don't forget, go over to Healthy Critters Radio. The, the podcast can be seen there. You can learn all about the Biostar US products. You can talk to Tigger and or one of the friendly and knowledgeable staff about all their great supplements. So we'll see you next month, everybody.
2: And you can tune in to the Challenge of the Americas, March 10th. And... Patty and I, you can wave to us because we'll be, yep, we'll be doing the stick horse quadrille. Yep.
1: Thanks for listening, everyone. And thanks to our sponsor, BioStar US. You can find them online at (laughs) BioStarUS.com.